Kentucky Roll Call podcasts are brought to you by Cornbread Hemp. New year, new you. Start off 2022 by adding Cornbread Hemp to your health and wellness plan. Cornbread Hemp's organic extra strength CBD gummies deliver 50 milligrams of CBD and 2 milligrams of THC to help with your everyday aches and pains. Visit cornbreadhemp.com and use the promo code BIGX for 30% off at checkout. Stressful new year? Don't sweat it with Cornbread Hemp. Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Tip, tip of the cap to tip of the tip. Be- cap, just the cat, just cats. Cats, tip. cats, the cats. Tip. Tip of the cap. Terry Wilson. He's gonna throw. Conrad. Touchdown. Kentucky. Touchdown. Kentucky. <laughs> Victory. Kentucky. Like, give your fans what they want. You dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, Rubbish! There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Thursday to you. January 27th, 2022. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Hope everybody's having a great start to their day. It is cold outside. It is dark outside. It is winter in Kentucky. That's okay, though. There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to get excited about. Kentucky plays a huge basketball game on Saturday. Uh, we'll talk about that, I'm sure, today. Maybe save the majority of the preview for tomorrow. But it's your show. Whatever you want on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. We'll talk about. Nick Rush, how are you? I'm doing well. Uh, I'm coming to you live from Lexington, Kentucky, where it is, in fact, cold and dark because it is winter in Kentucky. Yes. Yeah. You are in Lexington because you're going to talk to some new UK football players, correct? Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the first of a few pre-spring season media opportunities are happening today. We're talking to the four transfers. Uh, I think we're going to get some of the early enrollees next week that, that should still be in high school, uh, along with Mike Stoops. Stoops was supposed to talk today, but He's still recruiting, so um, they're going to let him recruit. <laughs> In the meantime, Tayshawn Manning, Tavion Robinson, um, Iowa, former Iowa quarterback Deuce Hogan, and Darren Henry Young going to be hanging out with him today. So uh, crowdsource some questions from some KRC listeners. Really enjoyed the Krogs question, which is is right up the Roush Alley. Um, you it's no it? Joey Finn style, but it's close. Do you, you want to tell it for the people that don't follow the Krog on Twitter? He said, uh, hey, can you ask the deuce if he scores a touchdown? Is it appropriate to say he's dropping a deuce on the opponent? Mm. I'll see myself out. Mm. His words, not mine. Mm. Justin Kalen, which you new UK football player are you most excited to hear from? <laughs> uh, Nick just said their names and I already forgot them. 
So that's <laughs> that's how much I care at this point, if we're being honest. Wow. Shots fired at Kentucky football for no, not 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 shots fired at Kentucky football at all. Shots fired at talking football in January. How are you doing, Scoots? What else I'm, is up? I'm great. Indiana got a big win last night. It it the score didn't look it, but it was a 30 point blowout. I haven't seen that in such a long time. Um, so I'm I'm pretty solid today. Wait, wait. wait. The score didn't so, look at how much did they win by? That, well, I, <laughs> I think it ended up being like 12 or 14. Indiana just they put the bench in late, and Penn State was hitting everything. So it was 17. So it 17. the okay. score didn't look it, but it was a 38 30 point blowout win. But it wasn't a 30 point. Blowout. I mean, it was it was 25 to 30 points the whole game if you watched any of it. I was uh, keeping was, tabs with the score. It, it, Scoots is right. I mean, okay. I think they were, they were up like 25-plus or 30 at halftime. So the whole I'm, game I'm with Scoots up. on that one. You got revenge for the Penn State loss. Jeez, thank God. If we would have lost to them a second time, I don't know if I could have done the rest of the season. Jeez. <laughs> I, I, it is Joking, funny, obviously. Like, but. You, but you go on the road and you lose – but then when you play at home, you can win by 30. It's it's almost like there's something about home court advantage in college basketball, especially at that dump assembly hall. Hey, you're right. Oh, they but go on the home road. court advantage, not dump assembly hall. So oh. you go on the road for the next game against Maryland. You all need to win oh, that one. Jesus. You if have we, to. <laughs> that's, you that's, have to win. That is right up the alley of a type of game Indiana's going to lose. I know. I, I I believe you, buddy. But that that's one that you all got to – like those are the road games you got to be able to 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 secure and get a win, and uh, but we we'll see. We'll talk about Ooh, it. We'll, we'll Maryland has been a hot point of discussion recently because there's a lot of people saying, "Wow, I can't remember the last time a coach just quit on their team midseason like Chris Mack." And you're like, "Oh, well, Mark Turgeon did it like two months ago." So, you know, people forget Maryland doesn't have a basketball coach right now. They're in a race to get the hot name. So that that's the that was the spin yesterday on social media. A lot of reporters or radio hosts basically came around and was like, "Wait, isn't this basically just Matt quitting on his team? Shouldn't we criticize him for being a quitter?" So that so you're on board with that, Roush? Um, it's 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 a very bizarre situation because I really think both like. Even though this mutual disagreement, conscious uncoupling, whatever the bullcrap phrase you want to spin it is, there really was a a point where both sides had it in their best interest to not play this game of chicken with the NCAA. I think Louisville's been in enough litigation over the last decade fighting coaches over buyouts that they didn't want to deal with it. And Mac, I think to an extent, with also knowing that, like, okay, the writing's pretty much on the wall. Like, what, what am I going to do to be able to salvage this situation? Probably not much. But I, I and I think it was wise of him because, like, you, your options were wait till the if you waited till the end of the year, you could either get zero or twelve million dollars if they tried to fire you for cause. By negotiating a settlement, you get a quarter of it or so, a little bit more than that, about a third of it. Um, and so, like, I. I can't like rational like a rational actor would say that this wasn't a bad decision on either part, but it is fun to just say that Chris Mack is a quitter. Well, there is, I mean, there is truth to it. Like he did he did quit. I I, I just think like the rush to 
to besmirch him. I mean, there's so many things you can kind of laugh at with, with Chris Mack. But, like, if if you're just going to have an arena that's booing the team for the next month and a half. It's probably good to quit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you probably should step away. Like, yeah. you know, you, you probably should. And I, I saw some folks, so they're going to pay him $4.8 million. He was owed 12, a little over 12 million for his buyout. And I saw a lot of folks saying, well, you, well, you know, they saved about $7 million here, almost $8 million here. This is, this was good. Good for U of L. They saved some money. They get to pay it over the next three years. Uh, I think he's going to be getting payments of what was it like 133, $333,000 each month and 33 cents. So it was a lot of threes each month. That'd be, that'd be mm. pretty nice. Um, would I'd be. love a paycheck like that each and every month for doing literally nothing. But um, that's what you get paid to do radio, right? Uh, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, no, that's that's why I got into the appraising for the big bucks. That's that, that's the radio. Oh, journalism was <laughs> wasn't doing it for you. Yeah, believe it or believe it or not. Uh, no, but uh, those payments uh, that'd be great. I, I would I would love that. So, uh, but the flip side of that is Uval also potentially just threw out about five million dollars, four point eight million dollars, because if the NCAA came back and said, "Listen, Chris Mack." While that thing with Dino Gaudio and the Gaudio audio was ugly, you still committed a level two NCAA violation, and thus U of L could fire you for cause and pay you zero dollars and zero cents and nothing else. You don't get your health insurance throughout June and everything, all the other perks that are gonna that are gonna stick around for a little bit longer. So it's whatever way really you look at it. Maybe Louisville did save seven to eight million dollars. Or they potentially blew five million dollars they didn't have to have to pay. I think at the end of the day, though, probably both parties made a good decision mm-hmm. for the first time in seemingly a long time. U of L had an amicable breakup where both parties just say, "Okay, I'm happy with this amount of money. You happy giving it to me? You are. I'll sign an NDA, which Mac did, which I think is kind of weird, um, but whatever. I'll, I'll I'll cooperate with any NCAA investigations. We can all play nice here. You give me my money, I'm out of here." So if I'm a U of L fan, I you know I know it's it's fun hot takes to be like Mac always preached toughness and here he is quitting. If I'm a U of L fan, I'm just like this was the best breakup we've had Ever. in a long series of breakups <laughs> over the last several years. I'll I'll take it. Um, I think everybody in their life knows. I'm not saying that the person themselves may be a toxic person, but they always seem to end up in toxic relationships. That's U of L. But you know what? They just had a fling that ended okay. It wasn't a good relationship. wasn't meant to be. It stunk. But the separation aspect of it, at least what it looks like right now, both sides were just mature and moved on. So while it is fun to have like the Chris Mack hot takes and dance on his grave as he's gone, in reality, I think everybody probably did the right thing in this situation. You couldn't go another month and a half, like I said, of having booze in the Yum Center. The players clearly had quit playing for Mac. You, it was best just to rip this Band-Aid off as quickly as possible and just move on in separate directions. So I'm pushed back on the narrative that, like, Mac's a quitter, and he turned his back on this team, took his money, and run. I saw an opportunity to take the distraction off him let this team focus on playing basketball, you know, for the seniors there, you don't want that to happen for them to have two months of empty arenas and booze and all that nasty stuff. So actually I disagree with that take. 
it's it's uh, one of those relationships that w- when it's over both sides agree okay we could be friends and you might text for a week or whatever and then the com- communication just ends that's that's what this reminds me of they they will never speak again i i do I, I like the the relationship analogy, though, and I, I want to say that Eric Crawford, maybe when the Satterfield thing was going on, just talking about how Louisville is really bad at breaking up with with coaches. And this one, of all of the days in Louisville radio where you just you have to tune in because, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen next? It was the least dramatic and um, – least scintillatingly sensationalized like I, I wasn't waiting on bated breath to hear what people were going to say because it's kind of like okay now let's move on um which hey good good for you guys it, it took uh, a year after year of one dumb thing after another but you finally reached a point where you and your coach can just move on from one another without having to knock down drag them out fist fight like good job Louisville. that that's showing a sign of maturity maybe you'll finally find the right one with the next one but don't get your hopes too high. Yeah, and like so, some examples of how this could have played out differently. If I'm not saying this would be the case, but if Vince Tyree's in charge, things obviously with the basketball program not going well. Chris Mack doesn't look overly enthused on the sidelines. The players have stopped playing for him. All things that are true. But let's just say Vince Tyree's in charge, or another athletic athletic director well, Tom Tyre, you're going to start by calling a press conference well, first you, things first. First, yeah you could well you announce you make an announcement that there's going to be a press conference you right, make an announcement right. for the Ooh. announcement uh, but that part you could behind closed doors I'm just completely making this up but it's an example uh Tyre could say hey buddy Neely Bendapudi she wanted to suspend you for the season I I stuck my neck out there for you and I fought for you and now it looks like you're quitting on my team. You finish out this season strong. You turn this thing around or else we may not, you know, even if we do go in our separate directions, we're going to fight this buyout and we're going to do that and we're going to do that. There's just so many different ways where this could have just been mm-hmm. the normal U of L procedure where Patino went out ugly. Bobby Petrino went out ugly. Tom Jurich went out ugly. John Ramsey went out ugly. Tyree, it wasn't necessarily – yeah, you know what? It was ugly. When you have a, basically a public feud with your president, that's ugly. Neely Bendapudi basically lied to everybody. That was ugly. You can just go down the long list of departures at the University of Louisville, and it generally doesn't end this way where Mac was smiling, talking to the press conference. He, you know, well, he held an impromptu presser outside the practice facility yesterday, only talked for a couple minutes, but seemed like he was in good spirits, said, spoke nicely about U of L fans, spoke nicely about U of L. You could tell he was obviously a little emotional in some regards. And that's that. You know, the Chris Mack era, as quickly as it came, it's over. And now U of L can see if they can muster up some some goodwill. They're not going to the tournament. They're not going to go to the NIT. Even if they were invited, I just couldn't imagine them doing that. Uh, and, and you just get to maybe have some inspiring performances, play for the new coach, Pagase, and, and see if you just can't do something fun, keep momentum afloat. And attention has turned to who will be their next man in charge, who will be the next head coach for the University of Louisville, it's already seemingly silly season, Roush, with 
how many people are saying this guy's interested or I'd watch out for this package deal or keep an eye on this coach. And then you're, I I do like the people pushing back, just being like, no, this person hasn't talked about this. This is made up. This person's not interested. Uh, It's going to be a long couple months of the telephone game. Yeah. I, uh, which I do thoroughly enjoy Uh, coaching search season. It's, it's entertaining um, because it can be day to day. It can change just like that. Uh, one more thing on Mac before we get into some of the the those developments. The one that shocked me yesterday the most about Mac, but then it didn't, was when Jeff Goodman, who's buddies with Chris Mack, was telling everybody, I wouldn't be surprised if he never coached again. Some of that, I'm sure, is a little bit of like Mac turning himself into the victim. Like, he went through such a traumatizing event, he's never going to coach again. But I really can envision a world where Chris Mack's like, you know, my wife's from Louisville. She's got family here. My kids are young. Might as well just hang out and raise them here. I'm getting paid what $133,000 a month for the next three years. Like, why do I need to be working? Why do I need to have a job? Hey, that's more I, threes than Louisville averaged a game. Hell! Hey! But I could see him, you know, just uh, almost doing like the David Padgett and end up uh, coaching North Oldham or something like that a few years from now. Yeah, I, I think we'll see him as a head coach again someday, but nobody would blame him for the next several years just taking off, taking it easy. Maybe, I, you know, I could see – I don't think it's going to be overly long. But he has he has said in press conferences, even going back to Xavier, I'm not going to be – I'm not going to be an old man head coach. And when he took the Louisville job, he did say this is probably going to be my last job. Uh, he's not somebody that I think wants to coach, like, deep into his 60s or anything like that. I would still be surprised if at some point, though, just pride gets in the way and be like, well, you know what, I had a pretty good career at Xavier. I, I don't want the Louisville stain to be my last – my lasting legacy as a coach. So I think you'll see him as a head coach. I think a place where maybe basketball isn't the center of attention would be a good spot for him. Uh, hell, if I'm a Florida fan, I'm kind of getting sick of Mike White. I think Chris Mack at a place like Florida could be okay, where it's just like, hey, get the guys that fit your system, don't have pressure to do this or do that, and just be able to kind of coach them up. The, but the only thing that, I, that is weird to me is just – Mac, these were the these were Mac guys. These were the guys he had brought in, and boy, it was bad. It was bad. terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think Jeff Goodman had said somewhere that Murray State had more talent than U of L. I totally don't buy that, but like you, U of L does this all the time, Roush, and we're obviously the pro UK show. So anytime we have opinions on this stuff, it gets dismissed. But U of L folks could really have a nice dose of reality, and you can see this stuff coming. Like when you're bringing in a Marshall transfer to be yeah. your star guard, I get that it worked out for Carly Jones, and he was this hidden gem. It doesn't mean it's going to happen every single time. Yeah, L. Ellis, he was a great JUCO player. But this is Louisville. You're bringing in a dude from Marshall and a JUCO guy to lead your backcourt, and you couldn't you couldn't figure out that there could be some uh, – some concerns there. And then while I understand why Louisville fans like him, and I certainly understand why UofL fans get frustrated with him from time to time, Malik Williams is what he is. And the one thing he's not is a bruising, good rebounding college basketball big. He's a stretch four. 
he's a stretch four and U of L said, Hey, you're going to be our five and you're going to go and you're going to fight and you're going to rebound. And you're going to do these things. Of course you could see these things coming for, for Louisville. They added Sidney Curry, which was a late addition and he's been a pleasant surprise, but they didn't address really any of the front court needs, at least from an immediate impact guy. Their backcourt was weak. So I wasn't really sure what Mac was doing coming into this year. And then it seemed like pretty quickly on these guys, his guys had kind of quit on them. They were sick of losing. Uh, they looked to be having a lot more fun when they were the ba- the Bahama Mamas champions and Mac was actually suspended. And then I was listening to different radio yesterday and specifically the Mike Rutherford show, who's been all over this stuff from three to six here on the Big X, but talked about how the U of L players were pretty disappointed with how everything unfolded. Well, the players that were that were there in return, because he did bring in a few new guys, but how everything unfolded with the Gaudio audio and the assistant coach Murray, who they yeah. thought they, they were surprised. Supposedly Mac didn't talk to the team about these changes. They all found out on social media just like everybody else. And if all those things are true, that's a pretty bad way to handle things. So while I do think we'll see Mac in the college ranks again, I, I don't know if it was the pressure of the Louisville job, Roush. I don't know if it was the bright lights. There is truth to places at like UK and U of L. You're not just a basketball coach. You got to be an ambassador. You got to do these things and all that. But the thing was, it seemed like Mac thrived in that. Hey, I'll be at Roosters. Come say hi to me. I'll have a beer. I know he'd get out in the community and do some of those things, but I'm just shocked how he let this roster get so terrible. Well, and that's um, kind of like the the last man standing over there who was recruiting at a lower level. And when he gets to the big leagues, what happens? Uh, you had Max Super 6. That should right. tell you all you need to know about Louisville. Like, you can't – Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Rick Pitino, at least when he got those kind of fringe guys, he could turn, you know – 85, 90% of them into players. You know, you had your exceptions to that, your Mike Mayers that didn't do anything. But a lot of those guys ended up being pretty good ball players. That that did not happen with Chris Mack. That's he put his pushed his chips in with that recruiting class. And the crown gym is just terrible. Like Aiden Nagehan is not good at basketball. And they, they went all in on that guy. He had no skills. He looks looks good in shorts, but they just did not, they did not have an either an eye for talent or the ability to get it on campus uh, one of the two um, because that's like uh, as much as uh, his critics want to say Cal just rolls the ball out a lot of this is Jimmy's and Joe's like Cal isn't out there when Tata Washington is making plays Cal's not drawing up a lot of that stuff that's just a guy beating the other guy Mac didn't have a lot of guys but- that could just beat other guys you know what I mean like that's not especially in the sport of basketball, a lot of it's just Jimmy's and Joe's and and he could not get those dudes to, to Louisville. Yeah. And he did have some nice, you know, like Carly Jones, again, that was a diamond in the rough, great player. You mix him with David Johnson. That's your backcourt. You don't go to the NCAA tournament. You replace yeah, that backcourt yeah. with L Ellis and a guy from Marshall you don't go to the NCAA tournament. And being nitpicky, the crown jewel of the Super Six was probably the the McDonald's All-American of the bunch and Samuel Williamson. And he just hasn't gotten better since the day he he arrived on UofL's <laughs> campus. I mean, he just you hasn't. You could argue he got worse. He just hasn't improved. Yeah, you could. Uh, he, just, he just hasn't improved. So I, I do think it was probably the right time to make a move. If Mac was the one who facilitated it, I wouldn't hold that necessarily against him because – 
it, it it's it's going to be a different atmosphere on Saturday when they take on Duke. I haven't seen as many U of L fans saying this, but if I were if I had a platform to the U of L fan base, I'd be like, hey, this season sucks. It's going to continue to suck, but we can kind of send a nice positive message if we all just kind of show up. It's Duke. We can boo them. It's Coach K's last game, so you can say you're there for a little part of history. But I, I do think if you were a U of L fan, I'd definitely try to like rally around having a big UK or U of L, excuse me, U of L fun get together at the yum, send a message to whoever the next coach is that we'll be supporting you as long as you're halfway decent and all those things. Um, haven't really heard the rallying cries for that. I think a lot of U of L fans are just kind of overly sick of sports, but while Rutherford and Trevor, they do a good job generally keeping it, keeping it real uh, to use a corny cliche, Trevor still just has the worst candidates list of all time. Luckily for you, all fans, he's not an athletic director. But Ooh. some other other local radio, Roush, said all but about three to five programs in college basketball right now are incredibly nervous to lose their head coach. So there is still a sense of delusion in the fan base, which is absolutely <laughs> hilarious to me. A total mis oh. misguided perception of the current standard of U of L. Uh, but I do, I do have some coaching takes on the job. I, I'm pretty sure I know who they're going to hire, or at least who they're who's going to be their their first phone call. Ooh, should we share those after the break? We will. We absolutely will. And Roush at the intro of today said it's game day. Roush, get it together. It is game day. United States Soccer World World Cup qualifying back on tonight, which I'm excited about. We may briefly talk about that but i do have a feeling i know who's going to get the U of L job and i'll tell you why or at least who they're going to go after you got to follow the money with stuff like this this is kentucky roll call on big exports radio tj walker nick roush justin kalen we'll be right back Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. I don't. It does feel bad. It hurts. We, you didn't trust me. But we both didn't really know. But I clarified on the insider notes and everything I say there, yeah, none of it could ever be wrong, ever. I also <laughs> sought out to find out the date before you published your insider notes. I like no, because right we were on the, the air this very time yesterday debating what it, what it was. I know, and then after the show, I went to that email, and I got a response before you publish your insider notes. With Walker and Roush. Who sends emails for to get information? I do. Why don't you just text Eric Lindsay? I don't know. Oh, I forgot. I do have his number. <laughs> <laughs> Roush ended up being right yeah. in that discussion. UK only operates via email. Well, it could change, though. Eric's Eric's out. Deb is in. Is, so is Deb taking the role, like, officially, officially? Yep. It's. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if they're bringing other people on, but uh, it's De Deb, Deb's holding down the Zooms now. I don't think that that's probably going to lead to more access if I'm just talking out loud. Oh, you're not pals with Deb? I like Deb. I, Deb's fine by me. I like Derek as well. I just don't think you're going to see a change of guard of we're going to make this group more accessible to media. I just don't. I I, I don't think that's going to change with new new leadership of the sports information department. It is uh it is funny though that 
there was a, we were having a meeting with some on three brass yesterday and they were just asking questions about general access and the answers to the football versus the basketball. It was, it was, it, it amused me. So regarding, like, regarding Kentucky or were there yes, other schools re- involved re- as well? Specifically regarding Kentucky, like, Oh, so do you all get chances to like shoot B roll? It's like, Oh yeah, they open up a couple of football practices a year. It's in bowl season. You can pretty much go to all of them. They're like, well, what about basketball? It's like, Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. funny joke. <laughs> yeah, it, it it is it is. I and, you know I wish football was even more open than they were. I w- you both should, but basketball's access is is comical. Uh, what's not comical is your options at Thornton's on your way into the office today. It's very serious because they have so many different ones. Whether you want some fresh fruit or donuts or a breakfast burrito or a breakfast sandwich. Thornton's has the fuel to get you ready for your day. And we want to hear from you on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450, 502-414-1450. Um, not the best radio tease we had going into this, but Roush, it's, it, I, don't know, I don't know if he'd say yes. I would imagine he would, but Kenny Payne's going to be the, the guy. He's going to be – he, I, I feel solid that he he's going to be U of L's coach. Wow, are you staking your reputation on this? Is your no. reputation on the line? Absolutely not. Are you willing to eat a live animal if it is uh, proven false? I'll eat a dead animal. What about drink a cold beverage? Uh, You're not I'm allowed sure. to for another month. Well, I, I can might put be breaking ice, rules. I can put ice in my water. Oh, fair enough. Wow, what makes you think? What makes you so confident Kenny Payne's going to be the guy? So here's the 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 deal: U of L is strapped for cash. Okay, they just are. I know there was this report not too long ago that came out that said like, so it's been it's been interesting, and it's like the most U of L thing in the world. But folks just kind of assume like, uh, do you all not have money? And I think people thought that maybe because they were holding on to Satterfield and not letting him go with a big contract. And you also just was were looking at their attendance and you were looking at their season results. U of L really hasn't had a football or basketball season worth getting overly excited about since 2017, maybe. Uh, and that would be a basketball season where U of L was a two seed and didn't make it to the second weekend of the tournament was upset, but it, it football and basketball. You, that's a long time not to really have a good season and your two money making sports. The 2020 basketball season was okay. Um, so maybe you could throw that one in into the full, but no tournament payout for that. No, no, no bump, no excitement regarding the, uh, cause it got canceled for everybody. But so it's, I think a lot of people just assumed, okay, they can't be doing too hot financially. Then they decided to hold on to Satterfield when it seemed like they could probably get Brom, but a lot of people were talking numbers with Satterfield and the buyout and those sort of deals. So, okay, maybe cash is is not all that great. It was just kind of a foregone conclusion. Then, of course, Tim Sullivan, he got some article fed to him, or he got some inside info fed to him by U of L saying, oh, no, actually, we just we have had a lot of donations lately. And the financial department or the athletic department financially isn't doing as bad as you would think. And it was a really puff. It was a puff piece and it didn't have a lot of substance in it. Sure enough, like two weeks after that, there was a report of the different difference in revenue 
and I forget what sport it was, whether it was basketball or football, but I want to say like U of L brought in $19 million less than one of the sports. Then you take that into consideration with the fact that the ACC has a terrible TV deal. Yep. It's easier for my buddy said this and it's so true. It, it was easier for U of L fans in the late nineties and two thousands to be able to watch a U of L game than it is with the creation of the ACC network. And I fall strictly in line with that. If U of L is playing on one of those regional TV shows or networks, I've got Sling, YouTube TV. You you can't get it can't on either. It, yeah. You can't watch it. It's crazy. So it's tougher. They they signed a hor- the ACC signed a horrible TV deal. The ACC network bleeds money. It's funded by I believe ESPN, but it's not a money maker unlike the SEC network. So I you put the pieces together. They seem like they're pretty hurt for cash. It was a bad time to run out Papa John's from the program, um, just because he had so much money and would always donate it, would always donate it, would always donate it. Roush, you also have to consider they don't have a sponsor for their football stadium. And that's been about two or three years going on with that. I mean, think about that. That is millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars not in the athletic program, all for just slapping a name onto a stadium. So take that in consideration. They're hurting for money. But their biggest booster at least publicly, is Junior Bridgman. Are you familiar? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, uh, Wendy's, I think, was his big franchises. Is that correct? After his NBA days? Well, he had a he had a bunch of different restaurants, and then I know he had a, like a fire burn down one, and I think financially he got in a pretty tough spot, but he was able to rebuild. And I, I do think you're right that it was the I think it was Wendy's, but I but he had a ton of a ton of franchises, but he's he's. He gets the businessman tag quite a bit, and I believe didn't when at one point they they made him like the chairman of the board or something. Whenever they were doing all their board of trustees shakeups or something like that. Oh, I'm not a hundred percent sure. E- um, either way, though, but I, I, we, I, could, I could see that. Yeah, he was on the board. I just didn't know if he was like the lead the lead dog. I think he was there for a little while, but I, I can't keep up with all their board stuff. I don't. I, I'm not a. I'm not a big J over here reporting public officials. But, yes, Junior Bridgman, former card who believe – he was on one of those title teams in the 80s, right? Yes. Well, actually, I'm not 100% sure if that's totally true. Um, But I know he played for the He he played in the early 70s at UofL. Okay, okay. But played for the Jazz um, and then was very successful in business and – I got the Jazz wrong. It was the Bucks that he was there for a long time. But early 70s, yes. Very wealthy benefactor. Junior Bridgman, though. You believe Junior Bridgman is the one that's going to pull the strings to bring Kenny Payne to UofL? You've got all these former players, and if I was a UofL fan, I'd be so annoyed by all this, that are saying, you got to hire this guy. Do it or else. Or you, you make a mistake. Yet, of course, you know we all need a John Yarmus's opinion on the UofL coaching hire. But he basically oh, said yeah, you, we definitely did. If you don't hire Kenny Payne, whoever makes the decisions need to be fired. Well, they don't have an act. They don't have a, a permanent AD, and they don't have a permanent president, Yarmus. So it's pretty tough with with that situation going on there. But a voice of reason uh, from anybody that has any inside connections at U of L is Junior Bridgman. He's smart. He's successful. He doesn't necessarily make demands, and he's one of the few people at U of L that has a lot of money and you probably should trust that he's going to do smart things with his money. Um, 
I'm told he wants pain. He at least wants to, he, he wants pain leading the program. No, it's not like a demand that it has to happen or else he's going to do this or he's going to do that, blah, blah, blah. But I do, I, so I think the fact that he's going to steer it in that direction means Payne's going to be your top target. Now, Payne's making $1.5 million with the Knicks right now. So I don't know how much L would be willing to pay him. And I don't, I'm not 100% sure if Payne would necessarily want the job. You know, he's in a pretty cozy, comfy spot right now in New York. He's never been a head coach before. See, and, and this is here, here is the, the biggest part of all of this. I think you're right. And to an extent, the biggest thing, though, is does Kenny Payne want the job? Like, yes. That, that is the ultimate part of the equation because he spent his career being a number two, which being the number two is a pretty sweet gig. Being the high paid number two, you get to you get paid like a number one at most spots. You don't have the public pressure. Like you're always popular. You're the back. You're the backup quarterback. He gets to live life as the backup quarterback, and he's compensated well for it. It's a sweet gig. Does he want to run the risk of souring that by coming back home? I don't know. Yeah, and you know, on the flip side of that, it could be if you're Kenny Payne, you could say, well. If not now, then when? If they, I get to go, I get to go back home. I get to do that stuff. I, I you're gonna hear a bunch of different names. I mean, the Bruce Pearl, the fact that somebody put Will Wade on a coaching candidate list is the oh, dumbest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And then, of course, you know, you 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 bring in that Louisville's never had an African American head basketball coach. They've never had an African American athletic director. Uh, I, I think just everything is pointing towards Kenny Payne's going to get that offer. And if he takes it, he takes it. If he's not ready for it or doesn't want it, then obviously he'll say thanks, but no thanks. But I think with Junior Bridgman leading the charge, that's the guy supposedly he wants. That's probably the guy he's going to get, is my opinion. So Kentucky fans are going to have to think about what that's going to mean. And I don't think PV's, Dwayne Peavy is going to go to L. Uh, somebody had told me that he hadn't heard from U of L. This was news to him, and he's obviously happy at DePaul. I, who who would, I would be the really, person? Who would be the person that would have even reached out at U of L? You know, it wouldn't have been the current athlete, or it wouldn't be the acting athletic director. Well, well, it but, wouldn't be the made pretend president. Right, right. But I, I it's, that uh, the way that uh, Matt put it out there was: there's a group of like there's a handful of boosters that would want to see that happen. My hope is that that was Matt's way of of jinxing it out of the universe from happening. So, or his way of just hey throwing something and if it ends up happening, I'm right. And if it doesn't, then oh, you know who cares? I don't think you're going to see that happen. I think Hurd's probably going to end up being named permanent athletic director. He he looks he he's got a sometimes doesn't look well. Hope he's healthy. He at Hurd. least has um you know experience in athletics administration unlike the the last guy that's true kind of that's in. true yeah. no i'm not saying he can't do a good job but just i saw that press conference or i saw him talking yesterday and was like oh man kind of looks like a bad guy in a batman movie or something like that but oh good we need we need batman villains that and that's really why we can't have kenny Payne. like yes we can show the picture of rex dunking on him a lot but like come on 
Well, if Kenny, Payne, after a while. if Kenny Payne goes there, it's going to be weird for the rivalry. It may not be the worst thing in the world if things aren't as heated as they've been in years past. Although, of course, the last several years, UofL has just been such a wet blanket that it hasn't – like they beat Kentucky and UK fans didn't really even care because that's just how lopsided the rivalry for basketball has been as of late. It'll be strange. Uh He'll be able to get players there. I have no doubt about that. And then, of course, a lot of people are worried that he could get Wagner to go there, and that could be mm-hmm. his first big recruit. And I think that that's actually a real possibility. I, I don't, and I could see this is weird, and this could tick people off. Cal would continue to recruit, and he'd continue to make case and whatnot. But I don't think he'd be completely heartbroken if Kenny Payne did get a great player to kind of start his coaching career. That's how much respect he's got for Kenny Payne. But he's still going to look after his and want to get his guy. But he'd be able to get players at UofL. I have no doubt about that. I just, what would he do as a head coach? Did I hear yesterday that he played at Louisville? Kenny Payne played at UofL, yes, correct. To me, me that makes the whole situation even stupider, the the base of, of Louisville fans that don't want him because he's a Kentucky guy. He was a Louisville guy first. Oh, I know. It's they're so paranoid, and that's another reason why PV is not going to go there. There, there, there's a portion of that fan base that is as paranoid as it gets, and that is the most embarrassing thing. That may be the most embarrassing thing about some U of L fans is their UK paranoia. It's weird. It's bad, it's especially the administrative stuff, because nobody gives a damn in academics about athletics like that if you're spending your life in academia you're not somehow out to sabotage the university that your is your athletic rival you don't care it's just not how successful people operate it's how (laughs) i mean no offense it's kind of how like dumb not successful people operate and it's a boogeyman for a lot of people when people don't work. It's like, oh, well, this coach didn't work. Ah, he's got UK ties. He was trying to sabotage us all along. It's just not how successful people view things. It's like, well, I am a UK guy, but this job's going to offer me $3.2 million and but they're my rival. Okay, I'll accept it, but I'll work behind the scenes to try to sabotage the whole operate. It's the dumbest thing in the world. And, again, people with UofL – like, say, say little brother – I, you know, I hate using that that meme or that cliche, but like say little brother without saying little brother. And that's any, let, let's vet every person in the athletic program. And if any of them have UK ties or ever in their entire life through an L's down, then they need to be excommunicated from the program entirely. It's totally embarrassing. They Somebody with a platform at UofL needs to just be like, we got to stop with the UK paranoia. If, let's just make the best hires. Who cares where they went to school? Who cares where they had spent time coaching? Who cares about if they grew up as a fan for a short period of time? It's the most ridiculous thing in the world. Oh, like, uh, would you apply that to your recruits? Just because they grew up cheering for the other team, you don't want them playing? No, you of don't. Of course not. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, of course not. Uh, so anyways, th- I think it's going to be pain. And, and another nice thing about pain is you, you could theoretically bring him in tomorrow if you wanted to. You wouldn't probably bring him in tomorrow and say, well, you're the coach. Go get your butt on the sidelines. You get but, him to recruit and stuff. Yeah, you could, you could yeah. get him on the recruiting trail. You could get him behind the scenes. You could get his office all set up for him and let the, let the program, while you're going to have, you know, every March and every early April, you have a ton of openings. You while people are struggling and people leave and the transfer portal is such a huge deal now, a little bit of stability going into that 
pretty tumultuous time is important. It's important to be able to have <laughs> that. say that word. <laughs> I, you know, I'm going to give it to me. I feel hey, this, that's all after, for trying. After tumultuous. You just, you just throw like an R in there. I don't, I don't know where you... No, I don't. I think I just had a tough time uh, with... With the mulch. The, you're, not, you're not a mulch guy. You hire, you hire that out. No, obviously. Yeah. Hey, so hypothetically, if Kenny Payne gets hired... And I don't recall it happening in the past, but could he theoretically get on the bench and just take over this team, or would it be under an interim tag? He could theoretically. They just wouldn't do that. That would be wild. That that wouldn't be fair to the players. It wouldn't be fair to Payne. He didn't know these kids. He didn't know right. these guys. He didn't know yeah. what works with I, them. I just didn't know if really. that was if that was a thing that could happen or not. It could. I would, I would think that what would happen though, Justin, is if he did get hired, that he would come in and like not do the day-to-day stuff, but be around the team and kind of go to practice and get to know people, but sure, still more of, a, more of an observer. Yeah. Yeah. I, that That's how I would approach it. If I was hired mid season somewhere, just because you want to have like Cal would always tell that story about Joby Hall at the first practice, whenever they had 30 walk-ons from the Billy Gillespie era. And he just couldn't, he couldn't even figure out who the names of the players were. And he needed somebody like you need to have that almost like grace period to kind of get an anti get acquainted with the program. I'm sure it'd be different for a guy like Payne who went there, played there, is, you know, played against him, beat him year after year after year after year after year after year. But uh, I would think that that would be a part of the process. But you know what? I don't have to worry about it though, TJ, because Kenny Payne not going to go to Louisville. Um, no, I don't want to say that. I, I just, I want, I don't want this to happen though, because as much TJ as I, is I want Louisville to be just good enough to make them have hope. I don't want it to be at the expense of losing Kenny Payne from the Big Blue Nation. Yeah, it it would be weird. It'd be weird, but he's gone already, you know? Like, you still have Zan Payne there, which is cool. Um, I'm sure if Kenny Payne does ever talk to recruits and stuff like that, he still speaks highly of Kentucky, but he's gone. He's Wait, already gone. Yes. That's cool. Didn't know that. No oh, man, yeah, Justin, cool. you're just learning so much an hour. I, I'm today. like, my head's about to explode today. Hey, I briefly want to switch gears here, Roush. Okay. To- totally switch gears here. We go here down a gear. Cavassier smoke back? I don't know. Why, why do you ask? Because he had an Instagram post saying that he was back. Oh, um, he was selling all of his UK stuff not that long ago. Um, I know. I found that to be pretty interesting, but... That's why I also thought that his post on Instagram was pretty interesting. So that's why I'm asking you, Mr. Football Insider, tell me. I mean, I, do, do you want me to – like, I just don't expect him to be with the team next year. Like, I, I've just – I've honestly thought he's been a portal guy for a long time, and I'm shocked that that hasn't happened. But if you say he's back, then he's back. I'm not saying he's back. This could be maybe just a situation where he's like, hey, I'm going to go through the spring with Kentucky. But, yeah, he did – I mean – I'm. I'm not making I mean, it, it up. Run, it's just a, it says run it back. That's going to be like their mo- motto this year. So maybe that's his way of announcing an announcement. But if you listen to our interview with Liam Cohen, I think it's pretty clear that McLean is going to be the number two to Rodriguez next year. So I I thought the same thing when I listened to that interview. That's you're acting like I'm I'm telling you like Cavassier Smoke must be back. I'm not telling you anything. I'm just asking you what you make of this. Yeah, I, I just – I don't um, – yeah. I expected Tom McClain to be the number two next year. 
whether Smoke's in Lexington or not. And I'm not looking forward to the day that the Franks of the world are, are very upset if he does leave just because they liked him because of his name, you know. Um, but, hey, if he's back, that's another talented running back you got in the room. Yeah, I, I think people I think people could like Cavassier Smoke a little bit more than just his name. He was a nice change of pace back. You know, he, he, he yeah. did good things for Kentucky. Yeah, he, he just is very consistent. And uh, I, especially the like, I, he, he's not a big practice guy either. You know, there's always like he's dinged up or something. So like that that's the part that he's got to if he wants to run it back. He can be that number two, but he's got to be all in. I, I think that's always been a, a tough selling point. For We're talking Kavassi about practice. Well. Yeah, you got to practice. Talk about like, practice. You, you can't just have like, oh, my ankle hurts today or oh, my girl. You know what I mean? Like that, that stuff adds up and people – Coaches eventually just get tired of it. Can't make the club in the tub, as they say. But I, I, I did Love find that, that saying. Love that I did, saying. I did find it interesting. Uh, I was kind of under the impression, just based on you're right, Cohen's comments, and just kind of the way the the rotations were working. And I know Smoke didn't get to play in that bowl game, but the way rotations were working as the season went on, that that he was going to probably move on. This could just be, uh, I'm going to go through the spring and then I'll reweigh my options because Kentucky is going to hope to steal some guys from the spring portal themselves, guys that mm-hmm. are uh, going to go through the, the spring training camp with other teams and then hopefully think better of some decisions after that time. So wanted to run that by you and, and see what you thought on that. I think Kentucky's fine whether they have them or they don't have them, but if he wants to come back, that's fine with me. He, he's a proven guy that can make some big plays in certain situations. You're right that there's uh, the coaches weren't really so shy talking about him at the beginning of last season saying he needs to play. He just needs to get out there and be healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of, you know, a little nudge, 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 nudge there. Of speaking through the media to try to get to him is the way I took it. But right. wanted to get your take on that. But you are, I do remember him also selling his own UK gear. Maybe he just wanted some extra cash. Yeah, selling the winter jacket too made me really. I was like, dude, it's January. You can't, not even gonna. Could you do that sort of thing pre nil? Uh, I think so. I, I don't know. I, no. I, 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 yeah, I wouldn't think so either. You had to wait till your eligibility was up before you could unload it. Yeah. Okay. You just couldn't make money. Like, all, I mean, you couldn't make money off your name, image, or likeness. Right. Which is crazy. Um, but, oh you know. yeah, because that was uh, Kofi. That was why he had to sit out for like a game because he did it before the June thirtieth deadline. He like sold shorts or something. It's so dumb. Yeah, it really very was. dumb. Um, oh, speaking of really dumb, uh, TJ. I know we've got to get to our top of the hour break, but uh, man, I've got some bad news for you, buddy. Like it, Justin. I don't know oh, if the, it might be offense. The offensive coordinator going to the Broncos. Why would I? I mean, that's not a surprise and. That's that's yeah, fine. but you're not the, you're not that, reading. Let me. You you don't know what the story means though. The, 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 they're hiring within for the new OC at Green Bay. If Rodgers is leaving, it has nothing to do with this. He's going to go to Denver. Uh, has nothing to do with this. He's going to win the Super Bowl there, just like Peyton Manning did, and it's going to break your heart. Um, that breaks my heart more I'm than sorry. his. Hey, you're just. I thought he was going to the Steelers though. So which one is it? I'm still on Steelers. That's funny. Uh, I'm not. We, we know we agreed to Pittsburgh weather worse than Green Bay weather. So uh, we should start that argument back up in hour number two. We do have <laughs> another hour. Seasons. We got a lot of text messages to get to as well. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Keep them rolling in. Hour two of Kentucky roll call coming up next. CJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Gale.
Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is! With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen on your chilly, frigid Thursday morning. We appreciate you spinning it along with us. Text into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. One thing that can really warm you up is the Salsaritas lunch. They've got two locations in Louisville, Middletown and St. Matthews. Middletown has a drive through St. Matthews, newly renovated. Download the Salsaritas app. It will save you time. It will save you some money, and you'll be happy that you did. Fun first hour there. We'll get to the text line here in hour number two. So you you want to try to get me all worked up because Denver hired Green Bay's offensive coordinator? No, I, I, I don't want to try to get you already are worked up because your team is leaving and the Packers are done. My team's leaving? They're leaving Green Bay? Yep, they're gone. Every they coming- person that's important to that organization out, going to be a loser next year. A big, stinking loser. I don't Do you think that, I mean, even if Rodgers leaves, what do you think I'm going to do? Start crying? Yes. Um, Devontae Adams, too. That's going to make you cry. You do, you do realize that these players, be lots of crying. They're going to have to trade for them if they get them, right? No, wait, you are Adam, under that, impre- Adam, you are under that Adam, impression, right? That Aaron Rodgers would have to be traded. He could just retire. Adam so after they run. franchise tag him. Well, if he's going to retire, how's he going to go to Denver? He'll unretire. That's not how that works. <laughs> so it's going to be just as messy as it was under Brett Favre. Got it. Absolutely not. So Rogers has said that it's not, it's not going to be like that. So if they do trade him, which is obviously a possibility, you're under. You, you do realize a trade involves other people. Green Bay would get something for him. You do realize that, right? Yeah, but can anything be as valuable as, as you would say, the greatest quarterback to ever throw a pass in the history of American football? Don't well, think so. Well, at his age, no. I'd still rather have Aaron Rodgers, but Green Bay has also had other quarterbacks before, um, and they've been yeah. successful. They have. guy named Brett Favre, ever heard of him? So No, 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 but before Brett Favre. Bart Starr. Bart Starr. Three. Um Gosh, you're a son of a. Uh, hey, who who? See, Ryan Brown. Okay. All of my, <laughs> all of my, just ribbing you aside. Who do you want to be the quarterback if it can't be Aaron Rodgers? Like, because I'm sure you're playing through these circumstances in your brain. You've got to know that if there's going to be a trade, you got to have trade partners, all that sort of stuff. In, in your, where are you going with this? Because I, I'm just horrified at the thought of having to watch Mason Rudolph play quarterback for my team. Just like I'm sure that Jordan Love doesn't give you the most warm and fuzzy feelings inside. And why is somebody calling KS Bar and Grill at 810 in the freaking morning? Restaurants are not open at 810 in the freaking morning. Why are, <laughs> what the hell? It's got to be a spam call. I had to block a number on the Thornton's text line for somebody that kept calling. Every day they'd call and they'd call and they'd call and Rutherford sent a the the transcription of the voicemail um but i I had we had to block that number just because it was like don't you don't call the text line and you don't call a restaurant at eight in the morning things that are the employees calling out if uh their manager 
I mean, that's not how it works. Just call the call. Just call. Well, nobody answered the bar, so I figured it was all right if I just didn't show up. I tried to call. <laughs> I, I, I have used that a time or two. Oh, uh, it's not surprising. Um, I, I think Jordan Love could be a good NFL quarterback. I mean, I, I, I liked what I saw in that second half against the, the Lions. Um, it wasn't like a masterpiece by any stretch of the imagination, but there's no telling that he couldn't. There's no saying he couldn't be a good quarterback in time, and the people that say he couldn't are clueless because they're just guessing like anybody else. They haven't seen enough of him to know one way or another if he could or couldn't be. That being said, in a perfect world, if you're going to trade him, I don't want I don't want any quarterback with the Broncos. So if you're going to trade him to the Broncos, you just better load up on other pieces. Um, you need to get you probably a Jerry Judy as well, and a lot of draft picks also if it's going to go that route. I, I don't think like a team like the Chargers would want to trade a Justin Herbert for an Aaron no, Rodgers, but obviously no. if you could get a good up and coming quarterback, you'd gladly do that. But I don't think any team would be willing to to go that far with that. Uh, but I don't think I, I think with time, if Jordan Love's the starting quarterback for next year, do I think Green Bay is doing anything special? No, but you'd still have some other nice pieces around him where you could be a playoff team or in the playoff hunt. And then and two you're still three, in the NFC North. You're still in the NFC North. There's that's yeah. we always have that going for us as with the Green Bay Packers. But um, in two or three years, could I see him being a good quarterback? Yes, absolutely, I could. Yeah, I mean, when Brett Favre retired, nobody thought Aaron Rodgers was going to turn out to be the quarterback he is. No, they didn't. And he also, you know, they, they had, I think, uh, one bad, you know, they won two bad years where they th- the, his first year was not very good at all. Green Bay lost a lot of games with Rodgers as the starting quarterback, but he got better. He improved and ended up being the greatest human ever to put his fingers, his little, uh, the tips of his fingers on a football and then throw that bad boy. So if he does get traded, it's going to be a sweet haul in for Green Bay. If I was putting odds on it with not a great deal of confidence, I my guess is he's back at Green Bay, gets a three- or four-year deal, finishes things out there, maybe retires before the deal comes to an end. I don't know. Second, I think the second likely thing to have, and I think he just would retire. I think he's kind of sick of the NFL um, and doesn't know if he'd necessarily want to have to start somewhere new, not 100% sure if the pieces would be there with him. I could see him just saying, why not just, I'm stupid rich, why not just start enjoying life? Third, obviously, would be a trade. I do think the Broncos, a hell of a lot more likely than the Steelers, would maybe be your leading candidate. But Green Bay could also just say, well, you know, it's whoever's going to give us the best haul. We I know they said that they play nice with the trade and whatnot, but this is a business. So right, if one right. team wants to offer you more than the other, then sorry, Aaron, that's where that's where you're going to go, buddy. So that's that's my pecking order of what I think is most likely to happen. It seems like the Broncos, Steelers, and Browns are the three teams I've heard the most. Which, you know, you could do worse than Baker Mayfield. I wouldn't mind Baker. Baker I mean, if, if, and if like Rod- a couple in like a first round draft pick or two, like two first rounders and Baker is definitely worth it. If you're that would conflict, Han- that would conflict Hannah probably. If oh. you're if you're Rodgers and he really is like dead set on leaving, blah blah blah. You know, I don't know why he'd want to go to the Browns versus what the Packers have, but again, neither here nor there. Then yeah, I'd, I'd gladly take. I mean, I'd Baker instead of nothing. I, I sure as hell don't want a Drew Locke or a Teddy Bridgewater. So what's uh, the- What's the vibe in the Walker household if Green Bay and the Browns just swap quarterbacks? The Hannah would be 
ecstatic over the moon excited yeah <laughs> she'd be she she would be super pumped rightfully so but it will be interesting he has said he's not going to drag it out a decision's going to come in february so i look forward to seeing that and i guess we shall see i know the haters and losers are ready to pounce if he does leave though it's funny you mentioned like just talking about baker i was listening to an interview with dan patrick and he was talking about some of his old scoops people got mad about and he knew the day of, like the morning of, that the Browns were going to pick Baker number one overall. And one thing he sat on that he also heard, um, but he, he his his source on the Browns was that confident in it. Uh, but the, the Seahawks wanted to trade Russell Wilson to the Browns to pick Josh Allen number one that year. How crazy, like what a crazy move that would have been to send your franchise guy out for an unproven dude from Wyoming. But, oh, they were kind of right about josh allen yeah that would have that would have I, I didn't see that that's crazy that, that is wild nutty absolutely nutty if that happened yeah. um but hey russell wilson he could be on the move this year too uh you know that that's a that's a guy that that could be out there, there there's quarterbacks out there it could be it could be a crazy offseason for uh for trades and free agent signings and whatnot yeah, you do have to love that Aaron Rodgers gets more hate and vitriol than deshaun watson who potentially <laughs> sexually assaulted Dozens and dozens and dozens of people, but you know that's that's the media for you. Well, but hey, it's also because it. like Aaron Rodgers talks to the media, and Deshaun Watson doesn't. So like, you know, people gravitate to people who are talking. Like it's just kind of the the nature of things, and just how dumb people can be too. People can be very dumb um, when I think it's generally agreed upon that everybody's like, "Ooh, sexual assault, bad, it's very bad." <laughs> I, I- I agree. We've always actually been an anti-sexual assault radio show, and that's been since day one, since we started. Uh, You said dumb, and it was a perfect segue. Oh. Because Amy Schneider, done on Jeopardy. Wow. (laughs) Sayonara. 40-day win streak comes to an end on an easy final Jeopardy. Did you watch yesterday? I uh, I have not watched Jeopardy since Trebek, just because that's usually uh, Duke and Dad watching like a little bit of Bluey or something for bath time. So uh, that, that's that's bedtime time. I'm I'm out on Jeopardy. All right, can I? I think I mean this this final Jeopardy was easy. I'm gonna see if either one of you all are gonna get this. When I get it right, that's how you know it, it's easy. The only nation in the world whose name in English ends in an H, it's also one of the top ten most populous. Name in English. The only English name country that ends in an H. It's one of the most popular. So think of very big countries, and this country ends in an H. Any idea? Uh, I've got nothing. Roush, disappointed in you, Mr. Valedictorian. Yeah, I'm trying to run through the most populated ones, and I I can't. um... Just think of a country you know that ends in the letter H. Oh, yeah, because that's real easy if there's only (laughs) one of them. This is the first one that came to mind. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm 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 stuck. It's it's not a uh, Russia you're... China. It's uh is... North it's Japan. America or Taiwan. Uh, yeah, I'm stuck. I'm Bangladesh. Stuck. Oh my gosh. Bangladesh is one of the ten most populated countries in the world. Yes. Wow. Would not have get. I guess the overflow from India because I did go to like India first. It's probably got to be in that neck of woods. But couldn't think of Bangladesh. Good old Bangladesh. I mean, it's a fun. It's a fun word to say. 
That's the yeah. only reason I really remember the country. Uh, the the H, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have guessed it was one of the most populous countries on the earth. That's what but, threw me. That's what threw me. The H, you know, uh, yeah. what what countries can I name that end with an H? Well, there's only one, so I'm gonna go with that one, Bangladesh. Uh, but she got it wrong, and then a librarian from Chicago went all in on the final jeopardy and i actually think he oh. did, but he did enough to to get enough the librarian um, also knocked out holzhauer something about librarians mm. Man. yeah i also wonder if like you get to that point when you've won 40 times and you've made over a million dollars i just wonder if you're like hey eh, i'm gonna be a jeopardy legend the rest of my life i'm i'm kind of over i'm i'm out was it you talking about how she didn't get very many doubled or final jeopardies throughout the her run it was not me Oh, okay. Must have been Rutherford. Yeah, I I had I haven't been able to watch as much just because that kind of goes with uh getting ready for bedtime and all that sort of deal. And yeah. also now that it's basketball season, I'm more likely to watch a seven o'clock basketball game instead of, of Jeopardy. But I was tuned in last night and we were pretty floored when when she lost. So we thought for sure she was probably gonna keep going and going, but nope, she was out. Yeah, apparently she missed a lot of final Jeopardies, but she was so far ahead that it didn't matter. Hmm. Good for her. Good run. She'll be on yeah. all the the all stars and and that sort of deal. Second longest ever, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Well, that is absolutely wild. Text on into the Thornton Sex Line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Remember, you can download the refreshing rewards refuel app at Thornton's, and you'll save some money each and every time you go to the pump. I was at a Thornton's yesterday and saved some cash. I think yesterday was three cents, which was nice. I'll take it. It adds up especially with how much I'm traveling around. You can do the same. Shout out to Alex Cupper and Kelly Leonardo and our friends at Thornton's. And shout out to you texting in to the Thornton's text line. I may as well read one here while we're at it. Uh, somebody sent in a picture of Max photo of just him. And then they sent in a YouTube video of the Always Sunny crew singing Boys to Men. So we're obviously not playing that on air. And it's not, it's not a great text, all things considered. Because mm, um, no. it doesn't it doesn't really translate well to the radio. Uh, Texter says your boy Barrett Sally sounds like a dummy with these Auburn has broken Kentucky comments. He obviously is just doing it for attention, but still, just the Auburn fan base in general are really showing how dumb they are as a collective whole. It's it's something I, a point I made last week, and I will continue to make. But um, apparently, SEC basketball in college basketball, the sport in general, did not exist prior to Bruce Pearl coming to Auburn. Um, man, what a bunch of idiots. That's my God. thing with them is just like they they really have stepped on the scene, a program that went to the Final Four a couple of years back, and just think that like it, it's everything is centered around them. Um, I mean, part of the reason like the reason why Bruce Pearl is going to milk this Louisville job opening is because they don't even have their own men's basketball facility at Auburn. How? Oh, I don't know. I didn't know yeah, that. Like they don't even have their own place. Like, okay, here's our men's basketball facility. Like, I guess they have their own practice gyms. They'd have to, uh, or hell, they might even practice at Auburn arena. I don't know what the setup is there, but it's, it's pretty clear that they are unaware that winning games in January doesn't matter. Um, that it, it's a, this is a postseason sport. Uh, this isn't regular season sec football. They just don't know how to act. Uh, and I love the term new money because they, they are very much college basketball new money right now. And they, they seem to have a tough time being able to separate the fact that 
Bruce Pearl's probably going to stay at Auburn. He's going to get a huge raise. He is Auburn basketball right now. He's never obviously going to get fired. I mean, he got in trouble with the FBI stuff and nothing came of it. He is as, he's in as comfy as a spot as he is. Don't mistake that. And this is what Auburn fans have a really tough time understanding, including Barrett Sally. And you got to maybe slow it down to him when you say it. But what they don't seem to understand is that still doesn't make them a better job than the U of L job. There's no permanency it's, to it. It's, it's, it's not even close. Um, it's not. And that's, you know, saying nice things about U of L certainly is weird. But the fact that Barrett thinks that saying U of L is a better job than Auburn means Auburn broke Kentucky because they beat UK in their home gym without UK having two starting guards for the majority of the game. Like, what? It's the dumbest thing I've ever, ever heard. Ever. It's, it's speaking very, of SEC, speaking it's of SEC basketball, did you see the fight after the Tennessee and Florida game? Not, I guess it didn't amount to a fight just yet, but it nearly was. Did you see the video of that? I, I, I missed out on that. Um, did not see that. Gosh, they played. Florida had, I think, like an eight-point halftime lead and was looking pretty good. Tennessee, of course, came back and all that jazz and uh, some really bad calls. This was this was interesting. Tennessee was up four with, I think, like a minute left, maybe 30, 40 seconds left. I think it was a minute. They put up a shot. It misses, obviously, because it's Tennessee. The ball is uh, two Florida guys going for the rebound, one Tennessee guy going for the rebound. Of course, Tennessee didn't get the rebound. We all saw that game at Rupp Arena. They don't rebound the basketball whatsoever. Florida gets the ball, and the Tennessee guy kind of bumps into the rebounder. They call a foul on Tennessee. That's a bad place to foul. You go the length of the court, and then now Florida's shooting free throws. Down four, so they have a chance to make it a two-point game, I think with about a minute left, but I'm not 100% sure about the time. And Rick Barn calls the timeout. The commentators initially are like, oh, he's trying to ice the free throw shooter, not make it a one-possession game. And then another commentator is like, wait a minute, I think he's maybe calling a timeout to get the officials' attention. He wants them to take a look at this foul call. They he they look at the foul call, and a Florida player kind of has his arm wrapped around the Tennessee guy ever so slightly going up for the rebound. Um, they call it intentional on the Florida player. They take the foul away from Tennessee. What? And then instead of Florida shooting free throws, they let Tennessee shoot free throws. So a four-point lead turns into a six-point lead. Florida comes down, and they hit a three, and they they still make it somewhat interesting. But they Oh, and then Tennessee gets the ball back even after Florida hits that three, and they call another foul. Uh, so Tennessee shot a bunch of free throws late in that game. It was just more embarrassing SEC basketball that we've all come to know and love. And kind of Florida got cheated. So I think their emotions were running high, but when they were going through the handshaking line, this Florida player gets set off one way or another, and he just bum-rushes the whole Tennessee bench. He doesn't make it to him, but it's a pretty fascinating video. I think Luckett tweeted it out uh, for reference. But, yep, some drama in the SEC. Wouldn't you know it? It just means more. It just means more. Uh, I mean, at least for in, in the sport of college basketball, it can be much more fluid than college football. I think the last first-time national championship in college football was Florida in 97, and we've had them in back-to-back -back years with Baylor and Virginia. Uh, but previously, I think it had been since Florida in like 07 or something. So it, it's definitely easier to crack the top 
um, and, and get into that mix because you can just get hot in the postseason. But it's the postseason. Like you, Louisville's been good consistently for thirty plus years. Auburn, you you've had two out of the last three. Like chill the hell out. No, know, know your spot in this world. You're a football school. You're always going to be a football school. And to think that your coach wouldn't leave for a basketball school is naive. It's dumb. Just like you all. Very well, naive. The, very dumb. For the record, I don't think Pearl will leave for the U of L job. Um, but I think also some of the other circumstances going on at U of L play a role into that. Um, but yeah, it's easy to say that it's just silly to say that it's a better program. At best, at best, Auburn would have nine thousand fans in their arena. Um, Louisville, <laughs> it seems like it's a long time since it's been this way, and that's got to change. And that's why they're trying to bring in a new coach. But you know, they could have twenty thousand in the nicest yep. arena in college basketball. So uh, it's it's apples and oranges, and that mm. feels weird defending Louisville in that instance. But there is truth to it, and I just can't wait for Auburn to lose in the tournament, and they will. They're a good team. Yeah. I still think they're going to go to the Final Four. And I hope I'm wrong about that, but it'll be fun when they lose. I'll have a good time with it, and I'm sure everybody else will as well. Um, Oh, by the way, I got to call myself out, Roush. Oh, what'd you do, TJ? One of my narratives, I took three minutes yesterday, looked into it, and it's kind of falling apart. Oh, um, no. I hate when that happens, though. You feel like you've got a good take, and then you just realize, like, yeah. I'm it's interesting, up. though. It, it, it is. It's almost like I don't believe it's like my it's like my brain is fighting my heart on my or my eyeballs maybe my brain versus my eyeballs like i know what is now factually true but it still just doesn't seem to be that way for me so we'll come back we'll tell you that roush is gonna have to get out of here a little bit early but he'll hang around for a bit of this next segment and then we've also got the thornton's text line that we got to finish up so you're listening to kentucky roll call on big export radio tj walker nick roush and justin kalen we'll be right back Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. I don't know why they call this stuff Hamburger Helper. It does just fine by itself, huh? Uh, I like it better than Tuna Helper myself. Don't you, Clark? You're the gourmet around here, Ed. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 AM. One final segment on your Thursday. We appreciate you listening. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Roush is going to be interviewing some of the new football players. Uh, no Mike Stoops today. No, we got to wait had, a little bit. He did have a video. Yeah, two questions on BB and radio. And, you know, it's nice. I, I like that he said, uh, you know, the last step is the hardest step, but we're we're ready to take that last step here at Kentucky. So, uh, which he's right. Like, make, climb the, the program turnaround. Uh, I think the, the first one to get over that hump from, like, 
two, you know, your your two win to your your bowl eligible. That just takes a little bit of time and the right people. And then once you get in that middle ground, you can you can maintain that for a while, but to really push your way through um, to reach that that top level of the college football hierarchy, it's it's the most difficult to make. And uh, he, he's been there. He's done it with Oklahoma. Um, a little bit different when you're at that setting. Uh, and now it's a matter of you, you've got the right resources in place. You've got the right people in place. Now it's just making sure you've got the the dudes that, that, that can make it happen. So he's out on the road recruiting. That's why he only took two questions. That's why we're not going to be hearing from him until tomorrow. Who's he, who's he recruiting? Football players. Roush? Football players. He's recruiting them. Yeah, but like specifically, who's he getting? Tell me. Need him. Yeah, Want it. I, with all due respect, TJ, and to everybody out there, like I just can't, I can't, I can't keep up with the 2023 guys. Two days into, they've offered approximately 250 people in the last two weeks. Like I just, I'm not, I'm not sorry. Like can't get me to keep up with all that. But I do know that he's been in South Florida, so there's there's a little shining a little light on the situation. They're they're getting back into SoFlo, so. Um, that didn't work out so well with Eddie Grant and co, but maybe if they're a little bit more selective, we'll see. I do know that National Signing Day is uh, the traditional one is next Wednesday, and I've got to confirm this, but I don't I don't think they're going to be signing anybody this year. Usually there's like one or two, but I don't think that'll be the case this go around. You don't? Uh, okay. I know that there were a couple options. I know some didn't go Kentucky's way. I didn't know if there's any new fresh names on the scene. I know that uh, Farmer, you know, that was probably the one they felt most comfortable with, the Florida, the Florida commit. But since uh, what's-his-name got there, Napier, they've hosted him for an official visit. I just – I think the time kind of passed to, to lock that up because they, they got him in Lexington the week before the first signing period. I think if that was going to happen, it was going to be then. And then the, the edge from Fort Lauderdale, R. Mason Thomas, committed to Iowa State, Miami, and – Oklahoma, Brent Venables, when he got there, he went all in on this kid. So that, that's where I think it's going to be tough, uh, especially when you've already signed two edges in, in that class. So, Okay. There's a little recruiting update, but we'll I look forward to hearing from the players today. 502-414-1450, Kentucky Roll Call goes 7-9, Monday through Friday, replay of the show 9-11. to 11. You can listen to Kentucky Roll Call wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for KRC. I think we're on Spotify. We're not making any. Are we on? Yeah, we're on Spotify, right? Yeah. yeah. Are we making any demands like Neil Diamond? Uh, Neil Young. We're getting our Neils mixed up again. <laughs> I was really embarrassed by that. The texture said Neil Diamond, and I just went with it. I, I didn't even <laughs> correct it. Didn't correct myself. Didn't correct the texture. Just ran with it. It was Neil Young. His music has been pulled from Spotify. Yeah, which um, apologies to Neil Diamond. It is funny. Like that's the ultimate backfire and ultimatum. <laughs> like, did you really think that the guy they're investing how much money in? Like a hundred million dollars. <laughs> like, oh, they're just gonna pull him off here because Neil Young said so. Like, come on. Well, and how how stupid of Neil Young to be like, yeah, I don't want my money that's gonna come from Spotify because one guy on the platform has a different opinion of me. Like, what? <laughs> it is just like so Neil, dumb. What do you think was gonna happen, buddy? Like, you know, if you really were pretty adamant about that, like they were gonna just take down your music, and nobody's really gonna nobody's gonna care. But I'm sure he probably will make 
I don't know if there's Neil Young CDs still out there or how you even would be able to give Neil Young some money. But I'm sure there's some people that are talking about how brave he is and stuff like that that are that are going to throw him some money. But I do. I, I, I was pretty embarrassed by just going for a, like a three minute rant talking about Neil Diamond and thinking about Neil Diamond songs. So that wasn't good. That, that wasn't good. But uh, we are on Spotify. The podcast also is sponsored. Yes, by our good friends at Cornbread Hip. Uh, Cornbread Hip, it, there's a lot of different applications for it, but it's a great wellness product, the CBD. Oral CBD, it's kind of now. If you got a little COVID, it can help slow its roll. It can help you out. It can also help with everyday stress and pains. And you can get 30% off by using the promo code BIGX when you visit cornbreadhemp.com. They've got great organic gummies, extra strength, sprinkled in with a little THC there. Or, uh, you know, maybe, maybe your pup pup is uh has a little bit of anxiety they got cbd dog treats check out all their products online right now at cornbreadhemp.com promo code big x at checkout for 30 percent off oh and the new promo that you cut roush is only 30 seconds as opposed to a minute so suck it uk pez wow shots fired at uk pez yeah. suck it Woo. uk pez the texter says chris rodriguez is not on pff's list of top 10 returning running backs <laughs> Dude, PFF. That like I, the guy who runs SEC Statcat. I think his name's Clark Brooks. He made that point yesterday, and it's like it is so true. They will, they're reflective and will be so high on Kentucky, and they will make all sorts of graphics with Kentucky players. But when they have to be proactive and uh, try to prognosticate the future, they do not take any account into their past rankings at all. Like, they had Chris Rodriguez as a first-team All-American two years ago, and then he wasn't even a preseason SEC All-SEC running back. How? How do you? How, how can you make that leap? It's so terrible. Darren Kennard, best offensive tackle in the SEC in Power 5, not one of the best five tackles in the draft. Like, what? What are you all doing? That was that, – get uh, sick of Roush. I agree with you. And, and the worst part of it all is that PFF's kind of – the building blocks of their credibility are like, hey, this is this is what the numbers say. We're giving these grades out because this is how they're performing. This is what they do. And it's how they make a lot of their money is selling subscriptions to their massive amounts of data. But then they have all these graphics of like their take guys. They've got like a bunch of hot take guys and they're trash takes. There was some dude who had Sark as coach of the year halfway through the year and then he lost like five straight games. It's like, you all are... Well, I don't know what you're doing here. Why Why are you getting away from what was good? You're getting away from the data, and now you're dishing out a bunch of takes. It's it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And then there was the uh, the top – you know, that was just some, I think, some random blog. But the top 25 teams most likely to take a step back, and Kentucky was number one. Uh, there was also uh, I got into it with Brad Crawford again because whenever he does his list on twenty four seven, I'm like, well, let me guess who wrote this when they say that Kentucky's overrated. Oh wait, it's Brad Crawford. My favorite thing too is they talk about like the attrition and stuff. It's like, you know, Kentucky's going to have seven starters returning on both sides of the ball. That's not a lot of attrition. <laughs> like, I get that those guys were high talent guys, but like. Seven starters on both sides of the football, including your returning quarterback. Like that's the, that's the thing. It's just like everybody always benefits from the quarterbacks returning. Quarterback had a nice year. He'll be back. Quarterback, quarterback, and 
so far, not Kentucky. And now, again, I'm, I don't really care what a little blog says. It doesn't bother me, none, but it, it was just silly. It was silliness. Worth mentioning, but silly all the same. Yeah, really is. Texter <sighs> on the Thornton's text line, 502414, uh, says, L hired a coach from Xavier on the back of one good season. That's what you get. That, that's, yeah, that's a great point. Uh, I mean – he had one great season and then a lot of just like NCAA tournament. I think he went to what seven of eight NCAA tournaments at Xavier, but like it was that's just kind of you know, he was average and then had one good year and got knocked out of the tournament early. I mean, that, that was the right hire at the time. Everybody says that, but like, don't we have evidence to, to show that it was absolutely not the right hire? That's true. Like now, you know, at the time it was the, I guess the, I think a better word would be, it was the easy hire at the time. It was the no brainer. How, yeah, yeah. I don't know how you can say that it was the right hire though, in hindsight, given it didn't work, like you want hires to work. So it ended up maybe U of L should have been a little bit more creative. They should have maybe reached out a little bit more, uh, talk to people inside the program at Xavier and around the program at Xavier. Hey, how does he handle things when things don't go well? Uh, when things aren't going right. And I don't know, maybe they did all that stuff. But at the end of the day, you can't say it was the right hire because it wasn't the right hire. But I do agree that it was the it, it was the easy hire at the time. Everybody was talking about Xavier. His wife was from Louisville, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, I understood it at the time, but it, it obviously was not the right hire. My question, do we know what other hires were in the same cycle? Like who could have been the potential candidates? Because like, you know, I remember Mark Stoops, the, the, some of the other names out there were like Butch Jones, Sonny Dykes. Um, and, you know, we've seen how those guys have either had success or failed. Dykes, even though it didn't work when he got hired at Cal, like he's back. He did SMU, and I think he's going to be at – he got some other job this year. I forget where he did, but he turned that SMU job into another decent gig. Butch Jones obviously sucks. Um I'm I'm curious what the other hires were in that Chris Mack cycle, and I can't think of any offhand. Mm, yeah, I don't know. It seems too too long ago. Um, I did see this on Twitter that U uh, of L paid a buyout to Cragthorpe for two point two million, Jurich seven million, Petrino fourteen million, Mack four point eight million. That's all in twelve years. Hmm. Not in in the texter or the tweeter. Getting a buy, I mean, seven million dollars to pay for an AD to fire him. That's that is obscene. And And, blue blue Kell's right. Also, not to mention NCAA violation penalties they had to pay. They had to pay back some money from tournaments as well. Um, And then whatever they had to pay for lawyers, and because there's been a lot of lawyers involved with the University of Chuck Smart, he cashed a lot of checks. Chuck Smart did a great job for the university too. Best money ever spent. Oh, boy hey can is... we read this uh uk wins title text before roush goes uh i don't know which one of this three down why don't you read it justin oh, yeah why don't you read it text. i'll yeah. read it you read if, it scoops if uk wins the title i'll pay for the first four groups who sign up for a golf scramble for krc folks and if uk doesn't win the title then roush has to grow a horseshoe and flaunt it at the krc golf scramble either way there's a reason for a golf scramble <laughs> You in, Roush? Uh, sure. Yeah, sounds good to me. No UK title, we get the horseshoe. Love it. I, well, UK's going to really? win the title, so it looks like we're going to be getting a free. That's a lot, of, that's a lot of, take that on the line. I would. I'm sure I agreed to it. 
you you're in on it. Sorry, buddy. I don't I'm make just... the rules. Didn't you uh you you were talking horseshoe yesterday on Twitter? I think you're coming around to it. <laughs> I think um I think I'm coming around to it. It looked good. I don't know why you wouldn't. And it's you know, no offense, like when's the last time your hair got any attention on your head? That's well, true. some of it too is just out of pure laziness. I'm getting very sick and tired of shaving my head every week. That's okay. So, whatever reason, whatever reason you got, it's fine with me. And then also think like if you have a horseshoe and then you wear a hat, who's to say you don't have a beautiful head of hair? That's true. That's you could, true. You could trick everybody. I could. I think the only thing that could put this in jeopardy is uh, we're getting family photos at some point down the road. So wow. that, 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 like in like April or May ish, I think. So building that, an excuse is already. That's the only thing that could put a damper on it. I'm definitely not going to have a horseshoe for that. First off, why not? Who cares? Like <laughs> you'll always remember in those pictures. Yeah, I grew out a horseshoe for a little bit. It was hilarious. Look, here's dad with his horseshoe. I could do it again if I wanted to. So I disagree with your logic on that, but it's still personal opinion. You'll have to do what's best for you and your family. I understand. And secondly, you could have a horseshoe up until May and then day before pictures, get a clean shave, have that bald old head looking beautiful. Yeah, it's just that I, we haven't had family photos since I was like, we were all in braces. So ideally, not at like the goofiest I've ever looked. Would like to look, you know, class it up a little bit. Secondly, it wouldn't be the goofiest you've ever looked. Thirdly, you just completely ignored my point about the day before photos, you could just shave it. That's true. But yeah. I just want it. I want it, but I get it. I get it. You know, I guess theoretically I could grow my own. Ho hopefully I can have it by Derby. And uh, oh. but I just I just don't know how well yeah. it's going to grow because I I don't know if that hair does grow anymore other than just like a chia pet at the top of my head. <laughs> you running around the infield the first derby where it's hopefully knock on freaking wood who knows that it's mostly back to normal. You're running mm -hmm. around with a horseshoe. I don't <sighs> see how you wouldn't hit every bet that day. I, that's true. Horseshoe horses. I mean. <laughs> Oh, my God. I got to run, though, or else I'm going to be late. Don't want to be late. Oh, yeah. For okay. I lost track of time. See you, buddy. Have a good interview yeah. session. That's Please. Nick Roush. Make sure you're following him on Twitter at RoushKSR. I'm sure if you've listened to the show at all, you're either already following him or no, not to, whatever it may be. But appreciate him hopping on and doing the show. That was an early morning um, going to Lexington. So He drove down there today, didn't he? Pretty sure. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure. So I would be like a, you know, five, five fifteen departure time somewhere in that ballpark, which is early to say the, to say the least. We can keep at the Thornton's text line. It was light today, but it's your the Thursdays are kind of our slower well, we, days. We needed a light day. We've had a pretty heavy week on the text line. Yeah. And the text line probably needed a little break from the Mike Rutherford show just because U of L fans are no, there's nothing like a coaching search for journalists, radio shows, whatever it may be. Uh, everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's got something to say. Everybody's a little nervous, but also maybe equal parts optimistic or excited. It's always good for business when there's a coaching search. And um, on the flip side, though, I'm happy we're not dealing with it. I'm happy Kentucky doesn't have to worry about that stuff. The people that complain about Calipari and do that stuff, it's just it's, it's a completely different RAND program with where things are right now. And you don't want to mess with that stuff. They're fun. They're entertaining. They can be good for business. But if you're a fan of the team, it, it means things were so bad that you needed to make a change. And there's no guarantee, as we saw with the Mack hire, that it's going to end up working out or that you couldn't be back in the exact same spot that you're in, maybe worse off, just a few years later. All right. Texter says, 
Uh, fart off with for that Hall of Fame take, Justin. I had to edit that one. They did not say fart off. Oh. They didn't like your Hall of Fame take. Wow. I mean, I I didn't figure. You know, look when I when we start talking about the Hall of Fame and not letting guys in because they cheated and all this, I know that I'm in the minority when I say that because there's there's so many people that grew up in that era of Barry Bonds and the Sammy Sosas and the Mark McGuire's, and they just think back to how fun that was, and and that's that was, and even for me when I think back to my childhood and those guys just blasting homers, that that's a blast. But do I think they should get in the Homer or the Hall of Fame? No, because it's not fair for everyone else. And I know life's not fair, so don't hit me with that, please. Yeah, but then that, but with that premise, and I understand your take, but that with that premise, you're assuming everybody else is clean as a whistle, and that's just not the case. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's several guys from back in the 50s and 60s that are in that that cheated, but we didn't have the testing back then, so there was no way to know. So does that make it right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. It, I mean, it is m- more so than any other Hall of Fame in sports. It is more gray than any other. That just—it's baseball writers just sniff their own farts when they turn in their ballots. It's their way to be able to punish people and give them a sense of moral superiority. It's really kind of disgusting more than anything else. Um, Barry Bonds was one of the best baseball players of all time and the best home run hitter of all time. He should be in the Hall of Fame. It's really just as simple as that. Kurt Schilling dominated the MLB as a pitcher. Multiple uh, different decades, different teams, but because of his politics, he's not in the Hall of Fame. It's just it's idiotic. But um, I don't I don't care because you know I'm not going to get too worked up about the Baseball Hall of Fame. But when asked about it, it doesn't make it right. The textures are sorry. Go ahead, Justin. Just the one thing with Barry Bonds for me is just the, the size that he gained. You know, I mean, when if you look back at his early years, dude, a skinny, 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 stealing bases. I, I just don't know how somebody could get that big without taking steroids for years and years. Um, so are you insinuating Ben Roethlisberger's taking steroids? I mean, I don't remember Ben Roethlisberger ever being skinny. He's always been a pretty beefy guy. He's been big bone. He's never been this huge. And if if he takes steroids and gets hurt as much as he has, then shame on him. Are you under the impression that people can't put on weight as they get older? Obviously, Barry Bonds was juicing, but they still had to throw the ball to him, and he still had to have his bat hit it. Yeah. That's not an easy thing to do. The hand-eye coordination thing still got to be there. I did want to bring this up, just kind of switching gears. Lance Ware's high school coach uh, told Jack Pilgrim he's a four-year player, and he's happy with his own path. I, I was, I was happy to read that. I, I don't. Does Lance Ware you? ever? Does he ever have a Nick Richards like turnaround and improvement year? I don't know, um, but you're seeing how many minutes he gets. Just kind of, hey, we need you to go in there and, and do some things. Uh, I wish he was a little bit better. I wish maybe he was a little bit more consistent, but what could he be next year? What could he be the year after that? So that was actually a cool article to read, and I think that's that's a good thing for Kentucky, assuming he wants to be a four-year player at UK, as the article suggests. Did that surprise you? Uh, it was more so like the – no, not that I thought he was going to go to the draft or anything like that, but he seems like he's going to be patient in the UK yeah. system, and that's, that's... that is not always a – that's a that's a rarity in the Calipari area. You just don't get too many four-year guys that play at UK for the duration of their eligibility. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. I mean, you you haven't seen that a whole lot under Cal, but 
I don't know. I thought Lance Ware was a four-year guy the whole time. Sure. Okay. And, and that's not, I'm not saying that like, oh my gosh, he's going to hang around college. That's great news. I'm just talking more. It seems like he's going to be patient at Kentucky. And, and that's cool. Cause I, one UK fans like experienced players. You don't get it all that often. You know, some people be like, it never happens. It's not true. It does happen. It's just not the, it's not the norm though. Anymore. If only, so I wanted if to bring only that not- up. Yeah. If only Dante Allen could show the same type of patience, I think t- both of those guys in two years could be really nice pieces. Totally agree. And, and I see, you know, I tweeted this out, but like, I, if Dante Allen can just get better defensively, and it's all about lateral quickness with him, it just seems like he's a step behind and he's like stuck in molasses when he's defending. Um, it's so easy to beat him off the dribble. But if he can improve on that, why, you know, why couldn't he play? a Kellen Grady or Davion Mintz role where Kellen Grady. And I mean, when you have Ty Ty and severe out, you need Davion to play point guard. You're never going to get that out of Dante Allen, but in the ideal situation, Davion Mintz right now is UK six man. When again, Kentucky's completely healthy and he comes in, he provides a spark, plays hard, knocks down shots. Why couldn't Dante Allen do that? Kellen Grady has a bigger role, so I don't know if Dante Allen could do that next year, but you're right. If he wants to hang around maybe in two years, Kellen Grady's not somebody that puts it on the floor and goes attack. Maybe we want him to do that a little bit more, but he's more of just, I'm going to hang out, and when the ball's thrown to me, I'm going to shoot it, and I'm going to make it. There's no reason he can't do those things. So I I agree with you on Dante Allen. I hope he's patient as well, but he he may say, I I just need to go somewhere where I don't have to. I'm just going to play. I just know I'm going to play. It's not. Just when I play against Mississippi State or a random evening, I know I'm going to be the starter. And a place like Western Kentucky is one that comes to mind for Dante Allen. But we shall see. I, I hope they. I agree with you 100%. That's a good point, Justin. He needs to follow the Lance Ware path as well. A texter on the Thornton's text line says, really sucks that Oscar can't make nil money. What a joke. Totally agree. Just doesn't seem right. Doesn't seem American. I don't like it one bit. Was he the well, dude? Is he well, the dude well, from Canada? Uh, no, Oscar no, Sheebway. Oscar Sheebway's from from Africa. Did you just miss that whole thing? Uh, maybe so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Dexter says I was the guy saying Arizona was for real, and I still believe it despite the UCLA beatdown. Credit to Cronin and a great home crowd. These teams play again in Tucson next Thursday. Don't be surprised if it's a similar result in Arizona's favor. Bill Walton rocked it, as always, last night. Side note, Louisville basketball should probably hire Kenny Payne, but if they decide to make a diversity hire, I would make Shaka Smart say no. Shaka brings tempo and fire and has a Final Four on his resume. Kenny Payne has an excellent resume as an assistant coach, but he's too much of an unknown. I agree, really, with that texture from from top to bottom. One, I, I was surprised to see Arizona, despite their amazing record and high ranking, um, I was I'm impressed by them. They didn't they didn't win at UCLA, but I kind of agree that I bet they probably take care of business against UCLA in that return matchup. Secondly, Bill Walden is the man. He's hilarious. He's what broadcasting should be about. And then yeah, we've talked about that. He's he's entertaining. That's what it should be. You should if you're entertained, that's great. But it's not for everybody. I also understand that. Um, and secondly, I cannot believe nobody at U of L is bringing up Shaka Smart. I get it that at Texas, it, it didn't re, re, it didn't produce the March results people thought. But think of all the great NBA players he had at Texas. If you isn't get that, that at U of what's up? Isn't this just his first year at Marquette though? It is. So are you suggesting he's not he going to leave? Why? Why not? No, who leaves a program after one year? That's just not going to happen. 
it, it it happens. I'm trying off the top of my head to think of somebody just real <laughs> quick, but it I, it it happens. You drink, Jules. You drink. I, I would it be happens. very surprised if Shaka Smart left Marquette for Louisville. Louisville is a significantly better job than Marquette. I, I agree. And if Shaka Smart had been at Marquette for, say, three or four years now, I think it, it's more likely. But the fact that he's only been there a year or not even a year, I just don't see it. All easier to leave. You don't. You're not as tied down. That's, you don't have true. your roots planted as deeper. You may be right, but I haven't heard really anybody, any U of L fan, media, journalists. I haven't heard that name thrown around whatsoever. And I think that's just crazy. He would play a style that U of L fans love. He would recruit really well. He'd get players in there. He'd be able to handle the, the bright lights that is the U of L basketball job. He'd get out in the community and do a lot of good things. He'd be if I was a U of L fan for realistic candidates and maybe he's not realistic, Justin, maybe you're right, but I, I would imagine he would be, he'd be option number one in terms of realistic candidates, but no U of L fan really seems to agree with that. So it is what it is. Another texter says that cat will get into Trevor's asbestos filled oven in no time. That's a good text into the Thornton's text line. I, I still can't believe he took the cat. He was sending me and Nick pictures of it yesterday. It seems like the most chill cat in the world, which still just makes me think that it's somebody's pet. I just think if you brought an outdoor cat that grew its entire life, grew up outside, and then all of a sudden you just are like, you're inside now. I just feel like you'd go crazy. Or and love like, it, it because it's always warm. And then like it's, you know, it's it like cuddles up with Trevor's dog and it's friendly <laughs> with the other cats around the house. You saw how mean that cat was to intern yeah. cat. Yeah. So something mean to me, it hissed at me. <laughs> well, you were mean to it, so you deserve that's that. True. Yeah, that's true. Texter says, Justin, sorry, pal. Just because Barry Bonds took steroids doesn't take away from the fact he still had to guess pitches and hit the ball. Did steroids help him? Sure. But the fact he doesn't get credit for his skill set of hitting in baseball is absolutely bananas. Shame on the MLB. Yeah, but he's going to be hitting liners and, and gap gap doubles instead of homers you, without you steroids. Don't, you, don't, you don't know that for sure. Um, I, I agree. It still takes an insane amount of talent to be able to – against the best pitchers just to be able to take them yard time and time again. I honestly didn't mean that as a Cal hater. It's just my opinion from what I see. Our offense is a top five with Wheeler and Ty Ty are healthy, but when we lose either one or both of them, we need to run different sets. Sets to get our guys that can't get themselves open a clean look. I agree that the offense doesn't need to change when we have a healthy tie tie. Well, I didn't try to lay, I don't know if it was Roush or me or who it was. We didn't try to label you as a Cal hater. Uh, I think maybe we were talking about somebody different, but if it came off that way, I apologize. I think he said to run, through, I think the text he's referring to is he said to run some plays for Grady. And I think we said, well, they ended up doing it and it ended up working. I get your point. The, I, but the, the, the right answer is hopefully you don't have to play without Wheeler and Todd Ty. Hopefully at all times you'll have one of them in the game in a perfect world. Uh, they just need to get healthy and they need to be able to stay out on the court. But when you don't have one of those two, I'm just not willing to really, and I'm not saying you're saying this texture either, but I'm not just willing to freak out and panic because any team in America is going to have a tough time without their two point guards running the show. So um, what I like, and I agree with you, Grady should shoot more. He, he should shoot more whether those players are in the game. He should certainly shoot more if those players aren't in the game. Uh, so we, I didn't mean to label you as a Cal hater if that happened. So apologies if that were the case. Texter says, Chris Mack is done with coaching, so he never has to miss a January 6th again. I don't get it. I guess referring, because Mack's opinion on COVID isn't that we should lock down and hide in our basements forever, so that makes him a right-wing nut, I think, is what the gotcha. texture's saying. 
Yeah. Another texture says, what's the reaction if Payne goes to U of L and he beats Cal a few times? Oh, That's a good text. Um, that is a good text. Not good. <laughs> like, you know, UK fans would freak out. I don't think it matters who's at Louisville. Kentucky doesn't want to lo- lose to Louisville. Yeah. But, but when it's one of their own. Like a, yeah. If it's like a prodigy, you know, it's that, that, that wouldn't, cause they're, they're, I was having a discussion with somebody yesterday and they were like, would UK or well, there was a tweet. And then I was talking with somebody about the tweet. There was a U of L guy that said, if Kentucky, if Cal were to retire, would Kenny Payne make UK shortlist? That's something you need to consider in all this. Basically alluding to if Kentucky had an opening, they wouldn't consider Payne. They would think they're a better program than that. So why are we settling for Payne? Basically, again, L just can't seem to make the – they always have to be tied to Kentucky. They can't just kind of do their own thing. Um, totally disagree with it. If, if the job was open tomorrow, Kenny Payne 100% would be on the list of candidates. And I can guarantee you this, if Kenny Payne played at Kentucky – He'd be on the very short list of candidates and maybe the front runner to, to get the job. So it's an apples and oranges comparison, but the whole premise was wrong because he would be a candidate for Kentucky. Um, now, the thing is, if he goes to UVL, then he'll never be the head coach at UK. That just won't happen. That's okay, though. Uh, you know, you got Kenny Payne has to, I don't think he's worried about the UK job someday opening up and potentially getting it. Um, seems like he'd need to jump on that UVL opportunity if UVL wants him. That's a good text, though. A texter says, John here. Good morning to all. Hey, Justin, if I had to, if I had a question for you, do you like wrestling? And if so, will you watch Royal Rumble this Saturday? The man, the myth, the legend, and the greatest producer ever, Trevor, did, did, but not the rest of the crew. If you do like wrestling, then I can casually sneak in a question about wrestling to you, my friend. Anyways, Rogers to Pittsburgh makes more sense to me. Mike Tomlin just seems like a coach that Aaron Rodgers would want to finish a career out with. Well, got to go. Talk to you later. I am a wrestling fan, but I don't watch it religiously like Trevor. I actually checked out AEW for the first time last night. It's pretty fun. What do you feel? How do you feel about uh, him saying Trevor's the best producer ever? I mean, some people are just latched to what they know. So it's my job to change his opinion there. I think you're doing a great job, buddy. And you saved the day the other day. So you're the MVP of the producers at Big X Sports Radio. Actually, power rankings go Douglas one, you're two. But you're you're pushing him. I'm I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Yeah, you're you're pushing him. A texter says, love having wear – I love having wear around. He gives 100% every minute he's on the floor. Yes, he does. And that's important. And that matters. And uh, not the most skilled big Kentucky's ever have, but – he, he tries hard. And then I knew somebody would step up to the plate. Bob <laughs> Huggins left Kansas State after one year for West Virginia. That is correct. There you go. There you have it. Yeah, Michael Beasley had a pretty good team, but supposedly him and the AD, it was water and oil. It just didn't didn't mix. Wasn't, wasn't good. Wasn't good. Um, all right. What else do we have? Anything we missed here? Oh, well, we did it. Okay. Okay. Well, everybody have a great Thursday. We appreciate the text in the show. We'll have Bobby Regan on tomorrow. We'll preview the Cats versus the Jayhawks. Should be a good time. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. We'll see you on Friday.